Thanksgiving, let me put it this way. Thanksgiving, I normally hang out and just chill and let the trip to fan hit. Nope. I went out to the bar. <laughs> Friday hit. I got even more annoyed. Went, went to the bar. Saturday hit. Went to the bar. Same thing Sunday. I think we're just finding out that not as an alcoholic. Yeah, we found out that you have a problem. You let the trip to hand fit. A hit trip to fan hit. Can't even talk. And you let the alcohol hit. Uh, I think Walker's drunk. Yeah, I think he is too. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> Welcome to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, Doug Branson. You can check us out all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. So we got the good and the bad from the Charlotte Hornets ever since we talked to you last. Well, we're going to start off with the good for the first segment. But first, before we start off the podcast today, I do want to warn everybody that if you hear a banging, a rather loud banging in the background, the studio, the building in which we record our podcast is undergoing construction below us, right? It's basically a floor below us that it's going on right now. So if I do happen to go to Doug, he is outside, he is behind the glass. And so it is louder when Doug ever talks. And inside, it's a little bit more faint, but you can still hear it. So if you're wondering what's going on, that's exactly what's going on. I'm reporting outside the studio right now. The construction's still <laughs> going on out here. Uh, more more at eight. Yeah, more live hits from Doug as we... Literally live hits. Yeah, uh, more live hits from Doug as we continue to go through the construction process along with everybody else. So the Hornets, they need to go through some construction right now after a couple of losses. But let's start with the good. The okay. Indiana Pacers. Let's go with the Pacers game because that was a, a simpler and a much more fun time to talk about the Charlotte Hornets team. They had just come off a win against the Boston Celtics. They won a close game. Now it doesn't go to the stat now that falls where they are two and 20 in games involved in one possession at the end of it. I hate that stat. Well, it's, 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 I think everybody does. That's a You can hate it. It doesn't mean that (laughs) it doesn't exist. It's the worst ever, but it does indeed, it does indeed exist. So it didn't count towards that, but it was a close game that you saw the Charlotte Hornets win. And that was something that is crazy rare. The Indiana Pacers game wasn't close at all. No. Not, I mean, you were a little scared about that one because the bench was so good. Victor Oladipo being out definitely helped the Charlotte Hornets. But the bench, even Sabonis, who doesn't miss at all anymore, he just doesn't miss shots. Anything he puts up. Exactly. He got any shot he wanted. Yeah, he did. And he hit every single shot. Despite all of that, the Charlotte Hornets were able to win 127 to 109. And Kemba works as a distributor after the two big games, uh, scoring 60 and scoring 40, then he basically serves as the facilitator. I think he only had, did he even have 20? He had 16 points, I believe, yeah. and had a, a lot of assists, 11 assists, I believe, in that It's his game. first double-double of the season. Does it get his first double-double. So a good job from him to play against the Indiana Pacers, not having to score as much, and also the Charlotte Hornets are able to get that one. So then you're leaving that game. You feel really good. Dwayne Bacon gets some time. He continues to get some more significant minutes. Bad you habits have, start yeah, to show. That's that's true, but at least you got some good things coming from him, right? Like you had some good work come from Dwayne Bacon, and you got to see some of these younger guys that you have hope for in the future, and Kimba didn't have to put up 60 in order for you to beat a good basketball team. And after that, you're feeling pretty good. So let, let's start there with the show 
today, just after that, you're at least feeling good about that win over the Pacers. Walker, you're forgetting about the biggest thing from that Indiana game. Please enlighten me. Frank Kaminsky That's right. was actually a contributor in this game. And we said that he was going to play probably because of Billy's injury. Yeah, he was going to play. I didn't have – I had no expectations – And he promptly went out there and surprised me. He wasn't a total liability on defense. He showed confidence in the offense. And the biggest thing I found out about Frank is as long as he doesn't have to think, he's going to be okay. As soon as he starts thinking, that's that's when the trouble starts hitting. So skipping ahead a little bit, Frank Kaminsky has scored in double digits uh, the past three games. And and it's interesting because he has, you know, had to sit by and and watch – his minutes go away, and he, he comes out, he's ready to go. Uh, Borrego has said that both he and he mentioned Bacon as well, players that just stay ready, and, and it's nice to see. It's nice to see that it didn't completely uh, wreck him or wreck his, his, his mental fortitude. Which he has been very open about in the past, about him having a lack of confidence and how it affects him during games. And then you look at this Atlanta Hawks game that Frank just played, only 12 minutes. It was his fewest minutes ever since he started to get back into the rotation. Oh, there's well, a reason for that. Well, 11 points in 12 minutes. It's impressive. You, know, you went to the free throw line nine times against the Atlanta Hawks and hit one three and hit a couple field goals, but went there nine times hitting six of the nine free throws. So getting 11 points in 12 minutes, pretty impressive to see Frank do that. Uh, So Frank gets in the rotation. You're feeling good about the Charlotte Hornets at that point. And then comes the bad things. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma City on the road Mm -hmm. and the Atlanta Hawks on the road. Um, But real quickly before we get into the bad things and then take a quick break, I think the biggest part about this, about about the Indiana Pacers game as well, was one Malik Monk had 15 points, four of eight from the field, three of six from beyond the arc. And I think there's only one logical explanation no, for this. No, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this Doug today. Doug Branson, voodoo mastermind. No, we're not doing he this. He got Monk out of his funk. We're not doing this today. Doug, I salute you. And I think on behalf of all the Charlotte Hornets fans out there, we all appreciate your work towards this franchise. Just goosebumpy every time I hear it. Got just good feelings all around. And because of that bed and because of that voice that you just heard with that soft undertone. And the banging of the construction. Well, and the banging of the construction. It absolutely worked for Malik Monk to come back and play some good basketball, at least on the offensive end. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with more on the bad things. So stay tuned with the negativity all around the Charlotte Hornets. But shout out to Matthew first, who is the newest $5 member of our Patreon community. It is the season of giving. So we're giving you a daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. And we need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. Just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Again, it's patreon.com slash LOH, patreon.com slash LOH. A little bit of the recap against Oklahoma City, and then the Atlanta Hawks on the other side of the break. It's Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, and Doug Branson on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. I saw one horror Christmas film in my entire life, at least that I can think of, and it was for film class, and it was about an evil Santa Claus. So it was like Krampus. It actually was Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast, getting to the Oklahoma City game that took place over the weekend. So when I think after you left this, before the Hawks game happened, when you left the Oklahoma City Thunder game, I still think you felt okay because yeah. it was on the road. You lose to a team that is superior. Yeah. They're playing much better than their 0-4 start at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. So they're one of the better teams in the NBA. And some interesting things to note there. One was at the end of the game, mm-hmm. Kimball Walker and the Charlotte Hornets have a chance to tie it up. Yeah. Kimball Walker drives in the paint. It looks like he has a floater opportunity, which might see himself again after the, and the Atlanta Hawks game. But he decides to kick it to Marvin Williams, who is open in the, th- in Wide the corner 4-3. Open. A lot of people upset because as you see these teams in the NBA, constantly what you see happen in late-game situations is you see the best player for that team hold the ball, dribble it out until you see about five seconds left to go on the shot clock, dribble around, try to ISO their man, and put up any shot, whether it's good or it's bad, but they are going to fling it up there. But people had a problem that Kimball Walker did not take this shot against the Oklahoma City Thunder to try to make that a basketball game even further so. And instead, he kicked it out to Marvin Williams, and I'm here to tell you I have zero problem whatsoever with Kimba kicking that out to Marvin because it's the one thing in the NBA that drives me crazy. We have these brilliant masterminds that are coaching basketball that think the best possible shot that they can come up with is giving it to a Kimball Walker or giving it to whoever your best player is, having him dribble out the clock until you have five seconds left, and then giving the defense the advantage in that situation, and then just forcing some kind of god-awful shot up. Here's why Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr are among the best coaches in the NBA, because they have some of the best players in the game, absolutely, but also they don't do that stuff. No, like they, they play within the offense. They play within their game plan. They don't say, okay, KD, here's some ISO ball. Just take your man. Doesn't matter what you do. Just force up a shot. They move it all around. And let's go to Greg Popovich, who doesn't have the four Hall of Famers, if that's the argument you want to throw at me. The guy makes Danny Green extremely relevant. The guy makes Boris Diaw a finals MVP candidate because mm-hmm. he moves the ball in late-game situations. Patty Mills, remember his big shots against the Charlotte Hornets when they were getting close? Like, Patty yeah. Mills becomes a hero because they find the best shot possible. I'm here to tell you, I have zero problem with Kimball Walker kicking to Marvin Williams in the corner, and neither should you. No, again, anyone that has any sort of basketball intelligence that has any issue with the way that play went down, I just question it. I will question your basketball IQ. You have to remember, too, that the problems that are going on in Golden State right now or or were going on between Draymond and Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant were partly because... Draymond Green was playing a little hero ball and did not make the right basketball play. Did yeah, not he find steals the, the rebound from Katie. I, I yeah. think that's the most underrated aspect of all that, by the way, is that Dray, Draymond Green, very Lance Stevenson-esque. No, Russell Westbrook-esque. And, and yes, absolutely, that's a great example as well. Steals the rebound from Kevin Durant as Kevin Durant is looking to get it and dribble up the court, and then he proceeds to turn it over. But you're right, that the iso ball at the end of the game where you just completely forget about the confines of the offense and running all of the sets that you have I I thought the Hornets played that well and I understand Marvin's been struggling he's been better lately I understand that he's been struggling as a whole this season from shooting beyond the arc but I have no problem with that shot but eventually they do fall 109 to 104 Russell Westbrook has a fantastic game and Russell plays like he does against all the other teams 
as he had struggled in a couple mm-hmm. of games before the Hornets, before uh, this season for the Hornets. He actually played very well in the fourth quarter of their first victory here at the Spectrum Center, and Russell played extremely well once again. So Kimba didn't take the shot. The other thing to notice, again, Malik Monk related, didn't play. DNPCD for Malik Monk after getting back on track against the Indiana Pacers and Coach Borrego saying that he would went with Nick Batum in that situation because he had the, quote, more steadying hand. But Malik got his first ever, did not play coach's decision this season under Borrego. Interesting to me. What do you guys think the reason? I was okay with it. I thought Nick played well. I thought Nick was going to be that steadying force that you would need since you had Devontae Graham with no Tony Parker. Like, if Tony Parker doesn't, if Tony Parker plays, then cool, play Monk. But if Tony Parker's not there, then yeah, you're going to need a Nick Batum there. Yeah, so Batum gets 31 minutes in this game, which is slightly up. He's been averaging about 25, 27 over the past month, but but he's also played 36 minutes in a game in which Malik Monk played as well. I think this is this was a combination of a couple of things. Dwayne Bacon getting more minutes as he solidified his place within uh, the 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 rotation with MKG out. But I think the other thing is he could not guard Dennis Schroeder in the the first matchup in Charlotte against Oklahoma City. You saw uh, Schroeder several times blow right by Malik Monk. Straight line drives. That's what's been killing this Charlotte Hornets defense. It killed them against Atlanta. And I think you just saw Borrego there go with the defensive matchups and just try something else to stop that guy. Malik was really bad against Dennis Schroeder in that first game against Oklahoma City. He hit a few threes. He did get to the basket whenever he wanted, and Borrego decided not to play Malik Monk. Now, we're speculating on that specific reasoning, but it would make a lot of sense that Malik couldn't check Schroeder. And Schroeder actually did a pretty good job in this other game against the Hornets this this weekend. Yeah, there's defensive issues right now. And you saw it in OKC, and then you really saw the floodgates open in Atlanta, and we'll get to that even more later. But the fact that this team really wasn't that good defensively, I think, is the biggest cause of concern. That this team has issues guarding their man, man up, and you're beginning to see how much this team misses MKG. Well, as much as I like Devontae Graham, as much as we joke about how much a fan I am of him, obviously people are excited about him being a good second-round pick. Still, I will still stand by that. The guy also got destroyed by Dennis Schroeder. Getting mm-hmm. Schroeder got to the rim whenever he wanted against Devontae Graham as well. It didn't and, matter who it was, though, honestly. Well, and, and Graham, I thought specifically, though, when any time that he put on him, it just looked easier for Dennis Schroeder. And then against the Atlanta Hawks, you saw Graham struggle a little bit defensively as well. This also highlights uh, what we've been seeing all season, which is Borrego is not afraid to dramatically shift the rotation game to game, which is fine, when you're winning basketball games, but when you're losing close game after close game, I think it I think it opens up Borrego to criticism that I think is is somewhat fair. Yeah, we got to start talking about Borrego getting out coached in the last two games. Well, he's a madman as far as his lineup changes go. He does not care. He will throw. A, it doesn't matter if he has five guys that are six one or shorter out there. Almost. I mean, he has experimented quite a bit with all of these guys that he has on the roster and it's fun and I'm all for trying different things and sitting Malik Monk with a DNP CD I thought you know and and he came back and actually did pretty well again it didn't hurt him I thought I think there's some things to be said for that understanding how to handle Mm -hmm. your player I think Borrego has done a very good job this season I don't think anybody would doubt that for the most part with, with this team there have been some problems here and there but 
I, I would agree with you that when you have that many changes and sometimes it doesn't work and and sometimes instead of getting better, it actually gets worse because I, I, I like the idea of actually trying something off the wall to just try to figure out what can you do to get back in these games. But at the same time, when it gets worse, then you have to think, well, well what is Borrego thinking? on? This? And what are you enabling? Because if you're putting a Dwayne Bacon out there and he's developing serious tunnel vision where he's not looking for guys where there are guys that are wide open on the corner for corner threes, and he's taking it to the basket contested against two guys, at what point does that become a bad habit that you need to stomp out? And if that was Malik Monk, or how quick are you pulling the hook, the hook on him? Let's look real quickly at this Atlanta Hawks loss last night. It was a bad one. Even after you were feeling good about the Charlotte Hornets, this one brought everybody back down to earth after all of the expectations. Problem is, with, with this particular game that the Hornets played against the Hawks, you look at their stat line. If you were to just solely look at their stat line, you think this is a win, especially even with Kimba's off-shooting night. It's not like it was the most inefficient in the night in the world. Four of nine from three, seven of 23 from the field. It's not the greatest, but it's not the worst. So 22 points for him, but also you get 20 from Marvin on 50% shooting. Mm-hmm. You get 26 from Malik Monk in 24 minutes. You get 13 from Lamb, which is fine. Lamb has actually stepped up the last few games. You get 14 from Nick Batum, who I, you certainly you want more. I, I don't want to get into the contract discussion, but Nick Batum, he didn't play awful. He had a couple of bad turnovers for sure, but scoring the ball, he gave yeah. you 14. I think you would live for the rest of the season if Nick Batum averaged 14 points on the season. Offensively, they looked fine. Defensively, they were awful. Like They could not stop the Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Bembry got to the rim whenever he wanted. Yep. He hit a couple of shots that were easy. Bazemore. Bazemore got, again, the game-winning shot for them. It was really bad defense, and that's eventually what cost them the game. I'm convinced the Hornets spent all night Saturday in Magic City and basically were trying to just wake themselves up. And if you do not know what Magic City is, then I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Listen to a rap album. But what I would say is that they never showed up on defense, and it showed, and they deserve to lose this game. At the same time, overall, if you we were 19 games in and you were going to look at this game through the schedule the whole time, if I told you that this the Hornets team would start nine and ten, I'm not going to be too upset about it. I'd have been okay with. I'd it. have been okay with them being 500. If you were to ask me at the beginning of the season, I I, I would have liked to have them to have taken a step up, but. I think it wouldn't be unfair to ask, hey, how about you lose to the Pacers and the Celtics and you beat the Hawks, the Bulls, the Cavs and have one game better? I think I would have taken that instead. No, because it wouldn't have had as good of a feeling. There would the highs wouldn't have been as high. Well, I'll let you, I would have taken the the despair. I would have taken the loss of despair. I would I could have done without that. Losing to the Bulls, that was awful. Losing to the Cavs was awful as well. Yes. And then after a couple of wins, on your highest of highs, it brought you down pretty quickly. By the way, Kimba did not get fouled on that last shot. Yeah, l- let's squash that now. I mean, it, look, this is what Kimba has also kind of disappointed me with a couple times. Kimba is almost to the point where he can do no wrong because of what he's done for this Hornets franchise, especially the last couple of years where he's been an all-star player and now even playing an all-NBA player at all-NBA level. And I think I saw some Hornets fans actually say this, which I was proud of Hornets Twitter last night. Yes. How even though we all said, yes, Kimba, we love you. We love you to death. We appreciate everything. We didn't so much appreciate that play where he just dribbles out the clock, tries to get bailed out. This wasn't the exact 
exactly the last shot. It was, it was the second to last shot. What was it? The second to last one. Twenty four second shot clock. It, it's essentially a turnover, right? It was a turnover. And Kimball Walker, it was all his fault. And he looks to the ref and he gets frustrated. He said he got fouled. And then at the end of the game, John Collins comes up with a big block on Kimball Walker. And Kimba says he gets fouled, but doesn't. It's after no. the shot. Del Curry is smart enough to make that same assessment as well. And I've had problems with Kimba a couple times this season. The last possession, Kimba goes to the rim, and he looks to get bailed out with a foul. And he's 6-1. Sometimes it's just too tough when defense clamps down like that to get a shot over the trees. And when that happens, it's going to be tough to win basketball games. This is where the whole, let's run the set, let's run the offense, and let's get a better shot thing comes in. I live with the Oklahoma City endgame situation. I'm absolutely cool with the kind of shot they got. Kimba, I don't hate the floater, but it's just too many times we've seen him drive in the paint and ask for a bailout at the end of the games. The rim has gone down significantly from the beginning of the season, so he's not finishing as effectively at the rim. Uh, but I think these two losses highlight that even though the Hornets are two and twenty, that stat that uh, that Nada hates two and twenty in their in games decided by three or less and since twenty sixteen, even though they've lost so many close games, not every close game is created uh, the same. And I think they they play tough defense against the Thunder at times, and they got two very good looks on offense, and they just didn't go in. And that that's going to happen, you know, in an 82 game season. But this one against the Hawks, where they just decided not to play defense, and they were getting beat time after time. Was it 58 points in the paint? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's to, compared to the Hornets, I believe it was they were outscored by 30 or something like that, yeah, by 25, yeah. something like that. They were outscored. No, you're absolutely right. That's a stat to bring up. And there was one lapse also by Kimba where Kent Bazemore saves the ball out of bounds to himself, and Kimba just watches the basketball bounce up and down right beside him and not go after him. Yeah, no, there were, they burned a lot of bad possessions, and the fact that there was there was no continuity to the offense, if not for Monk catching fire, this game was a blowout. Yeah, can you imagine if Monk only gives you 15, which we all would have been happy with? We would have been happy with 15-point Malik Monk on still efficient shooting, maybe yeah. 50%, and he gave you all that. That's impressive. There is the good juju surrounding Malik Monk. Let's keep that going. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. That's make more sales. We'll be back after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, I got I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I had pumpkin trifle this weekend. It was amazing. Didn't have pumpkin pie, but I had pumpkin trifle. Trifling. Pumpkin, oh, it was. I was one trifling ass mofo, and it was amazing. By what the way. in the blue hell is pumpkin trifle? Something that you would immediately switch your devotion to from sweet potato pie to pumpkin trifle if you actually tried pumpkin, it. Pumpkin good. I'm telling you. <laughs> Very good. Pumpkin. I had a buttermilk pear pie. It's you the have. only pie available, and okay. if there's pie available, then I eat the pie. I mean, it doesn't sound bad. It sounds, sounds good. It sounds fine. I'm not a pear guy. but Buttermilk I mean, pear pie. Not as going to rain his food judgment down on all of us, right? Yes, now. I am. 
Like you say, okay, it would switch my allegiance to Pumpkin. Do you realize, Walker, they would burn my black card as soon as the fork hit my mouth? Hey, we'd welcome you over here. It's, no, it's fine. It's, no, the Bucks are playing as well as any team in the league right now, and the Hornets just so happen to have to play the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back as they switch from Atlanta to the Charlotte Hornets. The Bucks, they're first in offensive rating, they're sixth in defensive rating. This is a very good basketball team. It would be a hell of a win if the Hornets were able to capitalize on this at home but you got to favor the bucks in this situation you have to but at the same time this would be a game that the hornets win they are they are keeping us on the reel at this point they win these games against the pacers they they show up every game against the oklahoma city thunder you think they might get it and then they lose to the hawks and the Cavs and the bulls yeah the, the, make make peace with your god people Make peace with your God. Is it coming to an end tonight? Oh, yes. The world is coming to an end? Oh, yes. Make peace with your God. So Giannis it, is in town. Uh, if you look at the first game of the season in which the Charlotte Hornets played, it was against the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Bucks were up, I believe, 20. Did they get to 20 in that game? It got close to it. And then at the end, we had a situation where Kimba, I believe he drove to the basket yes, he did. in that game, and an end of situation, and then I, at the end of game situation. But I also believe that was our Nick Batum air ball. At the very the very last play, yes, it right? was. So we we didn't look good. Malik Monk hit a big time shot, and that was fun for a little while. We thought Malik had been this guy that finally Borrego was going to play, and he is going to be the second best basketball player on the team, undoubtedly. And he had a big shot, but eventually, I think it was one thirteen, one twelve. The Charlotte Hornets would lose. That. And that Bucks team was still a Bucks team that we didn't know which way are they going to go this season. Well, we we have a pretty good idea now. They are playing really great basketball. Yeah, the big thing is Monk might have the Bucks number for now. Yeah, he that's, does. That's the one thing that you might be able to hold your hat on, and you hope that he has a just as good a shooting night, because if not, I don't like this one. I yeah. really don't. You can also go back to a game last season at the Spectrum Center against Milwaukee, a game I'm sure you were also encompassing within that example that mm-hmm. Malik went off in the fourth quarter, scoring, I believe, 18 points. He went crazy, and so against the Bucks, Malik actually has played pretty well on the offensive end. So we'll see what they can do tonight. It would not surprise me if they do get this win, especially after a loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back to recap the Bucks game tomorrow. 